my boyfriend was telling me about like something his teenage cousin said who was a boy and apparently out of the blue he's like I would never want to have a daughter like I'd never want to raise a girl and so my boyfriend was like what why like don't be sad you know all that stuff and the cousin was like well you just have to pay so much for her to just exist So hey, just how are you guys? Just signed on. <laughs> We're back from our sum- little summer vacation. Yeah. yeah. I posted an Insta, a super late Insta that we were on a hiatus, a short hiatus. Oh, did you? That's awesome. Um, it was very late. I have not, I've been b- very bad on the social media. That is entirely <laughs> my fault. Oh, I was listening to a podcast that said two of the best places to advertise nowadays are TikTok and LinkedIn. LinkedIn, so, really? Yeah, apparently. And like LinkedIn, someone to- said LinkedIn is becoming like a 2002 version of Facebook where people are like using it a lot more to mm. like make connections and get the word yeah. out and like promote their businesses. That's actually, yeah, how Facebook was, I guess, back in the day. That's crazy. Makes mm-hmm. sense. So if we want to advertise on those platforms, we should we up our marketing, reach out. There are people who, have you heard of the uh, call me daddy, call her daddy? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know she makes like 80 million a year? What? Just her podcast. That's absurd. Yeah. What? 80 million. Maybe, Maybe 20 million. Something like ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah, I'm just a podcast. It's so not a very. Great, I mean, it's it's not my cup of tea. Well, so I guess it's changed. Like, there was all this drama, which I'm sure all of this like attention got her even more listens. But they like it originally was her and this other girl, and there was this like huge like money dispute or something. And then honestly, I don't know the specifics. And then I don't I don't know if they're still recording together. They stopped and got a new girl. I don't know. Some drama happened, but now I guess it's a little bit more like serious or like slightly oh. maybe more relevant with political stuff and not just like two girls talking shit. Oh, uh, I just heard about that statistic on the Rogan podcast. Or sorry, no, not Rogan, the Tim Dillon podcast. Okay. But yeah, I don't think I ever. Surprised you were listening to Joe Rogan. <laughs> no, I do listen to some of his podcasts. Oh, you do? <laughs> What do you think of okay? I don't know. I just kind of I feel like I associate him with like douchebags. Mm. <laughs> I was trying to find a lighter yeah. way to put that. <laughs> it didn't come to me. Uh, I like some of the guests that he's brought on, I think they're really interesting. Yeah, so he yeah. did one on like vegan people, and it was I hated it because he picked like an annoying vegan to like debate with, and it's like obviously he's gonna make us look bad. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's why he chose that person just to yeah. well so Joe was vegan for like some time apparently and then he stopped being vegan and I think he wait like, what really? yeah I don't know I, feel like I gotta he's listen like to that really against it now he is it's it's bizarre I need to listen to that full episode I think I just listened to like a snippet or something but uh yeah he like makes fun of it all the time it's like very unnecessary I think he thinks he can make fun of it even more because he tried it oh yeah 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 
Yeah. It's so dumb. She's right. like, let people eat what they want to eat. Seriously. It's like, yeah, they're not making you like shove vegetables down your throat. Yeah. No, like, no. Your yeah, right. It's like a vegetable's not gonna hurt you either. Like it's not a big deal. They'd ra- he'd rather stick to his bloody, disgusting meat. <laughs> yeah, death. Now we're going to lose some listeners. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, lookism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Refocusing our attention. Okay, uh, so I guess like a little intro for this episode. We've already talked about lookism, pretty privilege, all of that in a previous episode. We can link that one, but um, we wanted to do a continuation because in that one, we were missing Shivani, our third musketeer. And we know that she also has thoughts on this topic. So we thought we would continue that discussion here in this episode. And Shivani, last time we started off by talking about, like Chitra and I both shared where we think we stand in terms of like pretty privileges like where do you think you stand in terms of pretty privilege and do you think you've like had any kind of advantages or disadvantages and that could even mean just like being a woman I guess has like certain advantages and disadvantages but yeah like what are your overall like what's been your relationship with pretty privilege and how do you feel about it um I think there's a lot of internalized misogyny that I've had to kind of unlearn that comes with like lookism and how I think about certain people um, like particularly other women and yeah it's it's almost like you're socialized to to hate or to disregard like the I don't know what am I trying to say just like if there's someone who's like prettier than you or more successful than you, then you need to hate them because X, Y, and Z. It's almost like the looks come first and then the justifications for your negative feelings come after that. And yeah, I, I think it's, I mean, kind of like our conversation earlier um, about how insecurity might make you like lash out at other people. I feel like lookism very much like profits off of that, you know, like the whole competition of like how you look versus how other people look. Um, And yeah, I think it definitely gives you like some advantages to be like conventionally attractive. Like there's just that one part of your life you don't really have to stress about or think about. And I kind of associate it with like skinny privilege too. And like, if someone, you know, is, is like not conventionally skinny and they're, they're like overweight or um, they have to kind of go through life, like thinking about like, Oh, how, how will this plane ride be? How will like this, like all these different things. I kind of feel like lookism is similar where if you're not like conventionally beautiful, you might be wearing like, oh, is this person going to think that I'm just like a bad person because I look a certain way or like it's it's just one thing you either have to stress about or you don't have to stress about. And I, I don't think I really had to stress about it. Like, I don't think I think, Shimona, you mentioned this once in our conversation about like Eurocentric beauty standards. Uh, like I don't think I'm attractive in like a Western Eurocentric kind of way, um, but 
like I'm I don't consider myself to be like a bad looking person who's like not benefiting from lookism you know like I don't know how to say that without sounding like I'm obsessed with how I look but um I mean that was our issue too like it's you can't not sound like an asshole saying it but I mean yeah. maybe it's good to acknowledge our privilege hopefully right yeah and, and one thing I've been thinking about lately is like the work that has to go into looking conventionally attractive like I do believe that if someone gets certain like plastic surgery and, and wears their hair a certain way and gets like tattooed on makeup that's like conventional then they can benefit off lookism because it's almost like that person is playing the game and other good looking people might acknowledge like, Hey, you know, the secrets that we follow to look a certain way. And so it's, it's almost like how sometimes I'll, I'll wear makeup to work to look like professional, which is like absurd that, you know, my professionalism is tied to like the effort that I put in, in the morning and like what I put on my eyes, like, what does that have to do with how I work? But it, it does make me feel like, oh, I'm, I'm playing the game and I'm, you know, trying to profit or trying to benefit off my look, lookism privilege, pretty privilege, you know? So it's. Do you both feel like when you see, if you see a, a woman that is like attractive, but you see that she's like very done up, like maybe like including she's gotten like plastic surgery, minor plastic surgery, and then maybe she's like a lot of makeup on and she's like dressed very well. Does that like make you think that almost like, does that like discredit her beauty? Honestly, for me, it kind of does. Mm. I think it comes back to like what I value too. Like I value like honoring what you look like naturally. Like that's, that's just important to me. And so I feel like I project that onto other people and kind of judge them like, you know, are you, are you trying really hard to, to like, look like a reality TV star? Like, it, it's things that are just in my psyche that it, it's really hard to like, unlearn that. And just be like, you know, that makes them happy to get like, to get a nose job or whatever. <laughs> so it doesn't really have to do with me. Like, it's kind of just hard to separate how I see myself and how I see other people. That makes sense. Yeah. I do feel like with plastic surgery like I don't I honestly don't know how to feel about it like I know the new like PC thing is to be like well if you know as long as someone's honest about the plastic like if they're an influencer and they're honest about the sur plastic surgery that they're having then like yeah like their body you know let them do whatever the fuck they want but it's like it's all of a sudden it's not just their body when it's being plastered all over like impressionable young people's like psyche over and over and over again and it's like I don't know like I like obviously if you want to get plastic surgery you've been like super insecure about something your whole life and you like feel better like that's fantastic and I hope that that's how it goes but I feel like more often than not it becomes like an addiction where you're like constantly then like okay what else what other work can I get done like how do I improve this how do I improve this and it's just like all this pressure to like keep adding on and I also and then it's also like it's not even like you're just torturing yourself if you're putting this all out on so social media and like telling girls that Kylie Jenner lip kit will give you a nose job 
like obviously that is not true but that's what you're basically advertising so i don't know man i feel like it's bad i feel like it's bad yeah i don't want to judge people i don't know it all comes back to capitalism i feel like you know playing the game of lookism advertising your plastic surgery it's so like some industry can profit off of it yeah and it's like it is really messed up because at the end of the day it has nothing to do with this girl getting work done like she she is not a bad person for wanting to get work done this is a societal issue this is like a systemic capitalist agenda that it's like we should we stop we stop glorifying these specific types of women and like advertising that makeup will make it look like you had work done because obviously no it won't yeah and I think it's about it's also about like access like an influencer who makes like a hundred thousand for her posts you know she can afford like an, a new nose job from that and then think about like a 12 year old girl who's you know looking weird because puberty like fucks up your face and all that and she's looking at that and thinking like, oh, well, I'm a bad person because my nose doesn't look like that. Like, I feel like, you know, if you're, if you're someone who people are aspiring to be, you do have to be really responsible with how you talk about it, you know, like, and be honest with it, about it and say like, you don't need this in order to have pretty privilege or I don't know, to, to be considered good looking. Yeah. Which then, yeah, I think it is like setting these unattainable goals where like, I honestly feel like the most attractive people are also the most insecure because there's like all this pressure for them to like look the best. And obviously the best doesn't exist because there's billions of people and there's always gonna be someone better than you or worse than you or whatever. Yeah. I also think about how like, how it must be from their perspective if you are like, the top 10% of good looking people or whatever like you still see yourself as just a person and it must just be weird that other people look at you and they see you as like a goddess and that you're incredible that you're like this great person but then that that person has to deal with all the shitty parts of being good looking they're not just like an object to be looked at that's just very true weird relationship I think it does give like it makes people think like they have permission to judge how you look because you're so attractive and that's all you have to offer so it's like if you do gain a little bit of weight that's like up to discuss like we're allowed to discuss yeah you have like yeah someone who's conventionally less attractive and like they gain a little weight probably no one says anything because they value them in other ways especially like the field you're in like if you have like a people facing media facing career then people are gonna be much more critical about the way you look like a news reporter is gonna get obviously a lot more critique on her appearance and like I would right because like it really does not matter I can be like working my pajamas so um yeah and I imagine that would like cause stress to a lot of like modern day vloggers and all that your like face is like constantly on the screen or being like taking a picture of or all that stressful someone actually once told me like was it like last week or a few days ago 
there was this guy that I met um, at this like going away party last weekend. And my friend and I were like, oh, he's really attractive. And we were like, oh yeah, like, kind of just messing around. Like he's pretty cute, we wanna to talk to him. And then the other guy at the party who like kind of roughly knew him told us that you never wanna date a guy that attractive because he has no incentive to be nice. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> That's such a like, like I appreciate him like looking out for us, but just like he he's not wrong, you know. Like there's so many attractive men out there who are just like riding on their looks, and they don't need to like put effort in any part other than like the way they look, like their personality or character. Yeah, I totally agree with that. With like the male privilege yes with that it's like they can just treat women like shit and not really be held accountable because people are going to keep being attracted to them yep i also think it's like with women though it's almost worse because like i do think like i don't know one of the few things that like chivalry does is like create some sort of expectation that you should be nice to a girl like even if you are very attractive but i feel like for women being really hot and also like the really hot women I know and I'm not even talking I'm not talking about like regular hot I'm talking about like super hot like like I'm directly talking about you Shabani (laughs) I'm I'm about to call you an asshole so I'm not (laughs) Uh, but like these girls have like especially treated guys like shit and like these guys are so obsessed with them that they'll just like let it happen and also like along with this comes like and, and it's like, it's like, okay. And these girls always have like a backlog of men that will still like give that. And it's like also the more a guy tries, the more of an asshole she'll be to him. And then it's just, I feel like hot girls will just like mentally torment men. Um, but also I think this comes with like other issues because I do think like these really, really hot girls are like never single. Like they always are in a relationship and they're very bad at being alone. Yeah, and I think not having a good relationship with solitude, as in our previous episode, uh, is like gonna set you up for like a lot of emotional issues and like you know not functioning well. Yeah, I've like a hundred percent seen that too, and it also always comes back to just like really craving like validation from men. But then also like being so used to men giving you attention that you really can just like, you don't have to learn basic human decency the way that us like not like amazingly hot people have to learn. You know, like you don't really have to be a genuinely nice person because people will still want to like give you, give you things. I think it's also women with other women too. Like, I mean, not even reducing it to like romantic relationships, but like in the girl I was telling you about pre-recording, I do think part of that could be pretty privileged, which I refused to acknowledge for a very long time because I didn't want to acknowledge that she was pretty, but uh, I will acknowledge that she's pretty. <laughs> I, I mentioned this and yeah. Portland, Jither was like, no, she's not pretty. <laughs> I just didn't want to call her pretty. Couldn't give her that satisfaction. <laughs> that, that non-existent satisfaction to her. But uh, yeah, no, I feel like part of that can also have to do with like 
well, it's okay if I'm an asshole because you're still going to stick around because everyone always sticks around. Like, I attract the most attention. People want to be around me. That's just so sad, like, how much looks drive relationships like that. Because I've definitely seen that, too, where, like, really attractive girls are just, like, walking all over guys. And, and you're so right. Like, they really girls really don't have to offer much besides their looks like if they're really attractive versus like guys like at least they have the pressure of like having an income and like providing for the family having some sense of like financial like uh ability to give and yeah a girl could just be like a really pretty face and like that's it as long as you can you got that and you can bear children like you're good to go you don't have to have any sense of like decency or a personality or anything you think that's still true though like that even really good looking women like don't have to have careers or do you think it's getting harder to like just ride on the coattails of your prettiness because like there's there's kind of like expectations for both genders now to be earners i act i think there definitely is in like certain countries and i feel like like now there's I I wouldn't even say like maybe the pressure there is like the pressure of like the woman that does it all but more so like now you have the option and some places like have the expectation to provide as like a woman too but I do feel like other areas are still very much like not like you can just kind of quit your job and just I don't want to say like just be a mom because that's a big deal, but like there's not as much of an expectation, at least like maybe like Eastern Europe and like some parts of India and South Asia. And, I do feel yeah. like with India though, and this is just like me going off like with my cousins, uh, there's like the expectation to be attractive. They have to have like STEM field jobs or like, you know, high earner jobs. And they also have to cook clean and bear children and take care of the kids. And which is not even physically possible. This is not physically possible. But now, like, that is the expectation for, like, modern-day Indian women. I think this is literally just going off, like, my cousins. Um, but then even, like, here, like, I have this one one girl, I won't say her name, but that I was telling you who's, like, really hot, who's, like, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. So she's, like, my case study for this. But she is, like, has so much anxiety, and I think it's, I mean, she's super smart, gorgeous, always has to have a boyfriend like a hot boyfriend and like just needs to like I think it's like this Instagram image that she like needs to cultivate but like make it a reality and I think that kind of pressure is because I mean it's not possible like these things aren't physically possible to have all of these things going for you and I think that will crush someone and I think that crushes a lot of these like people who who put these crazy expectations on themselves unnecessarily and I, I think it comes from just these conventional like naturally being extremely attractive yeah where it's, it's almost like you have to perform for your many fans because people are always watching you looking at what you're doing yeah but, it, so. but all of these fans are just in your head or like all of this pressure is just in your head because in reality no one cares yeah no fans <laughs> people <laughs> no your followers do not care that much about you promise yeah and I I just like wonder how much how you fight against that self-obsession that probably comes from like always having been attractive like 
How do you not become just self-obsessed? I feel I, like some people are. Like, you know, I, I definitely yeah, think like people out there who have tapped into the fact that they're like, wait, I think I'm like very conventionally attractive. Let me ride on this wave and sell my image. You know, like let's talk about like an influencer. Like influencers, you have to be attractive if you're an influencer. Like you just have to, you know? And it's there's no way influencers, they're all like all influencers think they're unattractive and are insecure. I'm sure there are influencers who are like, no, I I know I'm hot and like I'm like opening up this world of media advertising because I know I can like if I wear certain gym clothes I'm gonna get money because my face is pretty and people are gonna want to click on it so like why why not take advantage of that and in order for you to take advantage of that you have to first have the understanding that you're attractive so yeah I think it's definitely it's definitely there there are definitely people that know and there are definitely guys that know that they're attractive I do think guys really know. I think especially in this day and age with like social media dating yeah. apps, the dating apps, man, I've been like having, being forced to get into it because apparently no one talks to anyone in person. I think specifically Boston, this is like really bad. Like you go out to a bar and people are like awkward as fuck. Like no, if you are not talking to the friends you came with, you're like a weirdo. Like it's, it's very bizarre. And when I went to go visit New York, I feel like it was like more normal, like kind of how like, I don't know going out was pre-covid or whatever but like now it's very bizarre i think people just like literally don't know how to like interact anymore but anyways the dating apps are an absolute miserable nightmare clusterfuck like you you have to be like like literally all anyone is judging you on is based on and like now this is to fall in love you have to be hot and it's like not even like that's like a prerequisite now like you have to be hot or you will die alone because like I'm obviously not swiping my level I'm looking for the hot guys and like I don't want to be this shallow but this is what it has come to because society cannot interact with each other anymore but anyways so like and then this is also like not even like guaranteed for love because they're probably hot assholes and this is also like well now this hot asshole has to swipe right on me and it's like well, he's out of my league, so he's probably not going to swipe right on me. So we're all going to die alone, and this is what's left of society. Yeah, I mean, I just feel for you that, like, when you come across a guy who you find really attractive and you swipe on them, just having that realization that, like, they are on this dating app and there are probably, like, hundreds of women swiping on the, on that same guy, too. It's just, yeah. like, weird. And, like, also, like, I don't, like, I don't have a lot of pictures of myself these are like weird drunk snapchat selfies that are are, like my dating app and it's like it's not even like people are just judging your face it's also like is this a clear photo do you like not like is it you know like your classic instagram photos or whatever like one at the gym one at the beach like i don't fucking know and uh like you you have to like cultivate an aesthetic and the whole thing, because I feel like it's now not even enough to like just be hot. You have to like invest in the clothes, the makeup, the friends around you. Like, ridiculous. Yeah, what my boyfriend was telling me about like something his teenage cousin said, who is a boy, 
And apparently out of the blue, he's like, I would never want to have a daughter. Like, I'd never want to raise a girl. And so my boyfriend was like, what? Why? Like, don't be upset. You know, all that stuff. And the cousin was like, well, you just have to pay so much for her to just exist. Like, you pay so much more. And like clothes and makeup and all this like girly stuff you have to do. Like, just being a girl is I mean, more- I wouldn't say just even the money, though. I would say just like, the insecurities because it's like why let's like dig deeper why do you need to pay this much money on their clothes their makeup their hair everything because society has put so much pressure on them where they will literally become an emotional depressed sack of shit if they don't look a certain way generally i'm not saying this everyone, but i feel like this is just what society has come to yeah like like if i show up to work and like i don't have a tamed haircut and I I don't like you know shower or use like good face wash like all those things and I'm considered like a weirdo and and like I almost constantly have bags under my eyes because I'm always exhausted if I don't wear concealer then like I have literally been asked if I was sick when I come into work without I cannot stand that yeah it's like I, like are you feeling okay I'm, and I have literally like just straight pan been like I'm just not wearing makeup and walk away and they, they're like oh I'm so sorry I'm like you should be you gotta <laughs> say that <laughs> it's messed up I don't want a daughter either fuck this but if I do get a daughter I feel like I'd I would take it as a challenge to see if I can raise someone that doesn't feel the need to check off all those boxes that society has created for women I like that would be like I think that's the ideal but I also think that it's very difficult to do that because like you're like I think about how much my parents influenced me and probably not even like like definitely a minority compared to how my environment influenced me so like I do think like who you hang out with or like even like the the type of school you go to are you in a city are you in the suburbs like a lot of this is going to impact how your kids see themselves more so than like anything you can impart on them because like Mm -hmm. I don't don't listen to the sage advice that my parents ever gave me especially (laughs) when you're a teenager especially when you're most susceptible to dumbassery mm-hmm. yeah and it's just hard when you grow up in like a like your parents grew up in a totally different culture with totally different values for beauty and then you go to school and it's like they're blonde people everywhere because I was in Wisconsin and so I was like wow this is what I have to aspire to to be like consider like have pretty privilege you know something that's like not even in my experience yeah and I do think when we were growing up we at least had like the advantage that you didn't have to be pretty like there wasn't necessarily an expectation I think now there is an expectation that if you're a woman you have to be pretty like it's like I don't like more so than ever like you should you have to be skinny like if you don't work out or if you like have extra weight then like you're lazy like just all these assumptions are like oh, you didn't, like, you don't have your makeup done, but, like, 
there's too much makeup, then you're like trying too hard. You look like caked on if you don't have enough makeup on and you're like tired and also lazy. I don't know. I just feel like there's never been this much pressure on women ever in the history. Yeah, like, I mean, we talked good. about this before, just how like people physically alter their own bodies to look like a Kardashian. It's scary, like what we're willing to do to get that stamp of pretty approval. Something I do want to get your thoughts on. I feel like in the past few weeks or past few months, I should say, I've been, I've heard from like various women, they've made comments about appearances of other women and like, and especially like what they find, like what a pretty woman looks like to them or what's unattractive to them. And I've just been so shocked at the, I guess like narrow our view our, of beauty has become. I thought it was like, like I know I've definitely been guilty of this where like I'll have, uh, because of like media, you get shaped a very like specific view of beauty. But I think I've just been surprised to see like how strict women are about their own appearances and, and even like according, like what they've, how, whether or not they find other women pretty. And I was wondering, like, well, two things. So one, do you feel like you've noticed that as well? Like women are just generally very particular about down to every little thing. And I'll, I'll go into more details later. But secondly, where do you think our definition of beauty comes from? Like, why is it that, like, I know there are girls who grew up a minority and they never felt unattractive. They were not conventionally attractive, but they never felt like, there's something wrong with them. And there, I know girls who like grew up in that same situation and were like constantly comparing themselves to like the girls around them. Like, why is it that some girls do that? Some girls don't. And then secondly, if you've noticed just the amount of narrow critique we've become when it comes to beauty, like I, I feel like post-graduation, I've viewed beauty in a much more specific way than I've ever have like I've noticed things about people and myself that like I would never consider before like the curve of like a neck or something like that and like and not because I've noticed these things but because other people point them out and I'm like wait what people are looking at that people are looking at like the way your eyebrow arcs what I didn't know that that was like a factor in beauty and because other people are so specific about it it's made me more aware of it because I'm like, oh, because this is all a game that like, you can't choose to opt out of. So if other people care about it, you kind of have to care about it too. You know what I mean? Like if other people care about like, long hair is the thing that like is making everybody go wild. Like obviously you're going to be affected by that too. And you're going to kind of want to keep your hair long. But so, yeah, like I feel like I've just been my view of what beauty of what's considered like, and I'm talking like, maybe I shouldn't even say beauty. I should just say like, surface level attractive because beauty can be like, you know, like personality and all those things but in terms of like when you first see somebody and whether or not you think they're pretty or like for what level you think they're pretty I feel like my it's been like much more critical and I don't like that it's become more critical but it's only become critical because I'm realizing how other people will find it so critical so that's one thing is that if you've noticed that as well and then the second thing of what do you think defines people's view of what is pretty go <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I totally agree with you there that the things that I've had to learn to 
change about myself are things that I'll look out for in other people. Like, oh, are they playing the game too? Are they arching yeah. their arms like that? And yeah, it's it's hard to quiet that voice because for me, I kind of like almost feel shame about thinking those things. Like, why am I being so judgmental? Why am I like, yeah, why is it so deeply ingrained? And I kind of go into the rabbit hole of like, where does this even come from that I care what someone's eyebrow looks like? Like, what does that say about me? But um, well, like while you're talking about where it comes from, I was kind of thinking about like our mothers or whoever was like the woman in our life who first showed us like what you have to do to have like a beauty routine. Mm. I've noticed it in like my friends too. And I've seen how their moms will talk to them about like their beauty or even how like moms will talk about themselves. I feel like really influences how like daughters see themselves or see other people like um like what was the example I was gonna give oh just I I had this friend like in my childhood I won't I won't say any any more specifics but um before there was any big event or they were gonna take pictures like her mom would always be like make sure you dress up well like fix your hair you know, wear the makeup, like it basically gave her a little checklist she had to follow. And, and now I feel like she's like super self-conscious about that and like always making an effort to kind of perfect herself. Cause I, I feel like when someone, just anyone who like really influences you, tells you like what you need to change about yourself. That's like what the flaw that you see in yourself all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Seriously. I think actually my mom used to say shit like that. I mean, not like to that extent, but it was always like, if we're ever leaving the house, she's like, comb your hair. Which was, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I also have like wavy hair. I'm like, if I comb it, it's just going to poof out. So we're not combing this. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just like, like I was, I never really was super insecure. I have like this kind of like hyperpigmentation here. Um, and then my mom took me to like five different dermatologists to like fix it. I was like, I didn't even realize there was something wrong. And yeah, now I'm insecure about it. So thanks, mom. This is why I wear concealer. <laughs> yeah, or my, my favorite thing with my mom is that I'll do my makeup before we have some big event and I do it so lightly. So I'll come downstairs and she'll be like, why don't you put on a little makeup? Like just a little bit. It's like, mom, I just did my whole face. Makeup. <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, I don't even do that on purpose. I feel like it's a totally an Indian mom thing to do that on purpose to be like, yeah I know you're wearing makeup but like <laughs> let me mess with her head a little bit yeah, yeah it's all mine so um but I actually noticed I think the things I find or the things I judge in other women are the things that I am most insecure about I think are the things I judge the harshest in other women which just like put my own insecurities on blast I guess uh I my teeth very insecure about my teeth so like the first thing I notice in like, honestly, a girl or a guy is like, how are their teeth? Like that's, I don't know, that's like something I judge appearance by heavily. And then second thing would be like my stomach area. So like if a girl, not really a guy, but like if a girl has like a little bit of a tummy, I'm like, all right, bitch. But I mean, not even like, I'm not going to, I don't know. It's like a light, like, it's not like I do anything with these judgments or like, I think need less of a person, but I guess it's yeah. maybe like how I rank them in my head. On like, like size them up. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, but it's not even like, you know, I'm comparing myself to right. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's That's just like natural what I find instinct we all do. I think when you first meet someone, you're almost like, okay, where do you stand on this social totem pole? Yeah. Let me figure that out. And then let's chat. Yeah. <laughs> weird. I feel like it's, it's like a, the back of your head thing. It's not like this is yeah. like a forethought. That's oh no. Yeah. These are like calculations that happen within like five seconds of meeting someone. And you don't even yeah. realize it. And then all of a sudden you're like the way you talk to them is being influenced by those calculations. And you don't even realize you did those calculations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, but I think, in overall the way I judge beauty is based on like my insecurities Mm. yeah and and especially like the tummy thing I totally do that too and I'm like oh are have they figured it out like have they cracked the code that little layer of can they tell me what the code (laughs) (laughs) they are like are they like me where they'll where you know they haven't figured it out yet so we're at the same level yeah right I'm like how pro it's, I think it is also like approachability like if I see like a conventionally like super attractive person I feel like I am a little bit more reserved whereas if I see someone like less conventionally I feel more comfortable like immediately or I know you know they're they're not that like elite pretty privileged group like they won't treat me like shit I don't have that concern I guess yeah like they're not gonna judge me about the things that don't match up to their yeah because look at your fugly ass <laughs> but then I wonder like do people say that about me or or like about you guys like when they first meet you are they like oh they're so conventionally attractive like they're gonna treat me like shit like what I if like I, there's no I feel like it's different people right like I don't like if someone I'm sure there's someone out there who would think for each one of us that we were like intimidatingly attractive but then I'm also sure there's like a bunch of people out there who'd be like you're kind of ugly yeah <laughs> I agree when I first met Heather, I was intimidated by her because I thought you were like the hot girl who ran the little middle school dance crew that's why you remember i can't tell if this is a compliment or an insult but i'll take it ran the middle school dance crew i love it i think i was was just yelling all the time i feel like middle school wise you're definitely intimidating and high school like in terms of your power like your family has a lot of power in the brown community you just like know a lot of people and you have a lot of connections and so I feel like in that sense, like, and you're really pretty, obviously, but like in terms of like your status and like Indian status power, I feel like, yeah, you, I could see, I could see what? how Shivani found you intimidating. Yeah. You okay. basically knew every Indian that we knew, like before yeah. we knew yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. Literally yeah. just because my mom was the Indian dance teacher. Mm. The good one. The ultimate. Yeah, it was definitely like there was like other dance teachers, but I feel like Vani Auntie was like the renowned one that people knew and loved. So, yeah. Damn, I didn't. It's funny because I think maybe yeah, maybe I did have like a little bit of a god complex, like in the Indian community. Now that I think about it, but then like when I was actually in middle school or high school, I was like the quiet, angsty one in the corner, hanging out with a girl with bright blue eyeshadow who I will not name. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, because, I mean, the what, the two years we had, was it even two years? Yeah, two years that we actually went to school together. 
She wore bright blue eyeshadow to school. I do not recall that. The first Indian party that I met Chitra at. Yeah, she was. And I was like, wow, that's bold wearing that in front of all the aunties. <laughs> <laughs> my mom actually loved like makeup. Like I feel like she never like you know, my girl Vani, she's a she's a strict one. But uh she always like actually really liked like makeup and nail polish and all that. So I feel like it was never like hmm. a restriction. Which yeah, is kind of cool. Yeah, because I mean, I don't know, did your moms ever care that much about like makeup? Maybe when I was in like the fifth and sixth grade, she wouldn't want me wearing it. But after that, she'd be like, why don't you wear more? Yeah, it's like a weird jump, I think. And I think it's because makeup, and I'm, I think this is more of like a societal thing. Because I think a lot of like white parents are very like anti makeup for until like they're like pretty old. And I feel like it's because makeup has become like sexualized mm -hmm. rather than what it's supposed to be, which is like self-expressive or even just like to make you feel more comfortable. And I feel like the not letting your kid, and like, oh, this is a epiphany I'm having right now, not letting your kid wear makeup when they're younger, I think makes them even more hyper aware that like, I need to look a certain way when I'm an adult. This is why I'm allowed to have makeup and change my face at this age, mm. kind of a thing. Whereas like, I feel like I also learned how to do makeup because the dance performance is like pretty young and it was like a lot of makeup, like mm -hmm. heavy layers. So I don't know. I feel like it, I have a healthier relationship with makeup than less than some other people, maybe. Yeah, because I, I feel like the only reason I would do makeup when I was younger is because of dance. So I associated it with good things. True. But yeah, it, it does feel weird to see like really young people wearing, wearing makeup, you know? Yeah. But then it's also like, it should just be like self-expressive. Like, you, you know, back we wanted to all wear like the heavy eyeliner or whatever. Like, why does that have to be sexualized? Like, I don't know. I think it's probably also like a cultural thing too. Like you mentioned, like in America, they kind of push it off until later because of like the sexualized thing. But I think like makeup in a lot of like South Asian culture goes way back to the point where they don't even like think of it as like makeup, like kajal, for example, you put kajal on a baby as like to like ward off bad omens. But like people like a, a white person, an American person might look at that and be like, why would you ever like put eyeliner, like Maybelline eyeliner on a baby, you know? They, that's like in their head would be going on. But for us, it's almost like it, it characterizes different things on like a woman's face, like the red sindoor, like means something else. And like all the different makeup like has its significance. And even like red lips is pretty significant for some reason, I forget in like Indian culture. So I feel like maybe just like our parents, like our moms didn't have that view of makeup because of where they come from and then like we naturally didn't get that view transferred to us because we just never saw it as that in that way perhaps if that makes sense i think it did no, it's also yeah i never really thought about cultural significance of makeup like it totally means so much more in indian culture mm. and go like with that cultural significance i wonder is it really pretty privileged if someone in Indian culture is like wearing a ton of makeup and they look attractive because of that? Or are they just like taking part in their culture and tradition, you know? 
but then it's also like does that give you pretty privilege i don't know if you're like or is that just like a cultural beauty standard like i don't know if that makes sense like having blonde hair or something yeah whereas like because i feel like having pretty privilege specifically has to do with how you how your facial features are just symmetrical and in a more pleasing shape I guess like there's definitely which is this is also kind of weird and I'm sure maybe there's like a genetic reason people find these features attractive but like you know on men like sharper wider jawlines or like on women softer jawlines and like I don't know like shorter faces rather than longer faces or like I don't know like it's I feel like there's certain specific things that humans find attractive just shapes that make for interest yeah. I was a tangent that was I maybe it's just like what I've been thinking about lately with like watching a lot of reality tv or sometimes I think like anyone can really make themselves attractive as long as they like know how to do certain things. So I feel like my perspective is a little different because I'll see people where I'm like, if you weren't make wearing all that makeup and your hair was like wild and frizzy and not like perfectly curled, then like you wouldn't be considered attractive. Oh, absolutely. No, I totally agree. Because there is like, I think everyone can be crazy hot with a <laughs> ton of makeup and their hair done like every single person there's not an ugly person in existence right but, and a certain body type yeah and a certain body type um but I also think you can like you can tell when someone has like a ton of makeup whereas when you see like a girl with like little makeup or almost no makeup and is like very like I, you know there's just like those faces that are like wow I like, I don't know, who's a face? Like, Shimon. naturally. Shimon. <laughs> <laughs> I try to, I try to think of, like, what's the, like, really symmetric uh, actress? Oh, Natalie Portman. Yeah, like, uh, like, it's, like, yeah, it's, like, specific features that are considered extremely symmetric in, like, the, the golden ratio. That's what it is. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, she has pretty privilege, but she's not like who I would find to be the most attractive person on earth. Yeah. Wait, who? Natalie. Oh, Natalie Portman. Oh, yeah. Now I want to Google. <laughs> I I'm just so fascinated by what how people's beauty standards get shaped because I feel like like Walt Chitter was mentioning there are definitely universal things like symmetry and like maybe like jawline across like many cultures but there's been so many times when I feel like people have pointed out like I've said like oh I think this person's so pretty and then somebody else is kind of like oh really or like someone else is like oh this person's so attractive and I like don't see it at all and so I'm like just so fascinated by what it's weird because at the same time, I feel like we're just generally going the way social media has made beauty a trend, like has made us go towards uh, a more co like one line of beauty in terms of this is what's attractive. If you don't follow this pattern, like you're not attractive. But at the same time, I feel like it's still so variable where I see people of all different kinds of looks 
pretty in different people's eyes. It's just, it's so fascinating. So I wonder if it's like a combination of one, your insecurities, like what you notice in other people, and then also your cultural upbringing. Maybe you value different features more than others. Yeah, I'd say those are probably the two biggest things, like what kind of culture you grew up in and then what, how you view yourself in terms of like what you find to be pretty because it's just so different, you know? Like I was, like I think last look at some episode we were talking about how there's definitely been people who maybe like give you attention in a certain way because they think you're pretty, but then other people who would not even look at you for more than like a second because they like just don't think anything of you, you know, in terms of your looks. And it's so interesting to me, like how that fluctuates, you know, my face didn't change the same exact face from Monday to Tuesday, but for some reason between those two people, like it's reacting differently. It's fascinating. I don't know how that is, but there's um I don't know if this is true, but it was like a Instagram reel or whatever. So like you know internet facts, but uh it was talking about how like certain people, I think, depending on like their relationship with their mom or something, and it was like weirdly accurate across like the board, where like men would prefer Natalie Portman, I think, if they had. Oh, the, yeah, yeah like a this is relationship. School of Life, or the talk that the guy did. Oh, okay, so maybe this yeah. isn't total bullshit. Okay, yeah, so if you're, tra- did we talk about this last episode? We probably talked about this last episode, but I'll repeat it. So if men are attracted to Natalie Portman, I think it means they had, like, a shitty relationship with their mom. And if men are attracted with to Scarlett Johansson, it means they had a good relationship with their mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's because like they're I guess they're seeking like a maternal role from like Natalie Portman because she has like motherly features I don't know what the fuck they're getting at with that I'd be kind of offended if I was Natalie Portman Um, looking at her now and I'm like what (laughs) I think yeah so in the talk that I heard this in it wasn't so much like it was like the way they look but also the way their like image is like Scarlett Johansson oh, okay. has the image of being this like bad girl who's like, you know, like the one night stand type of girl. Like this, I feel so weird putting girls in boxes like this, but you know what I mean? Like just very yeah, like, sexy. Kinda, yeah, like sexy, but yeah. Natalie Portman and a lot of her, like just her demeanor and the way she presents herself is much more of like a put together. Uh, yeah. Like a, like a motherly instant kind of woman. Not that she looks like a mom, but just like she has that down to earth nature that not that Scarlett doesn't but you get what I mean so yeah I think it was more of who you'd be drawn to in terms of their image both physically and just how they appear to be so maybe that's what it is yeah yeah we're either very maternal looking seeming or sexy which I did then I like reversed that on myself and I was like huh I was thinking about like all the guys that have been attracted to me if they how I might seem to them and why they might be attracted to me. Cause like, remember I said, post-college, I feel like I attracted many men who were like <laughs> very uh, free spirited, <laughs> you know, the kinds that are like, oh, I'm just gonna, I reject the idea of social norms and I'm gonna go live in a jungle for the rest of my life. Like guys like that, who just go backpacking and like just very much, I don't know very in touch with yeah you get what what I'm trying to say but very much not a predictable life and I wonder if 
I'm like, huh, I wonder if they've been attracted to me because I'm like kind of mirroring them. Not that like, I think I'm a little boxes kind of person. Not that I'm saying that, but I feel like they see like stability in me and like maybe the way that I am or what I'm, how I am to be around. And then they, they think like, oh, that's attractive because I like counterbalances how I am. So maybe that's why, but I don't know. That's Didn't like, you oh, yeah. say they had like family drama or like family issues like growing up too which I feel like goes back to the whole like mommy issues yeah yeah I don't know it's weird now I'm looking at my history I feel like I have dated extremely stable men very predictably classic which Mm -hmm. to the point where they bore me but uh (laughs) I guess that that shows how chaotic and fucked up my life is so yeah now I'm like trying to psychoanalyze all my past relationships yeah they all came from kind of messed like difficult family backgrounds whoa guys did we just figure some shit out maybe I feel like Shivani and Aiden right now are they like transcend the all of the stuff we're talking about. Like I don't feel yeah. like there's any kind of dependency between you two, like one person's filling the other person's insecurity or voids. Like there's just very much yeah. like a balance. You know what I mean? Like you're both riding the wave together. Y'all are like the ideal couple. Yeah. Like, you guys have it <laughs> <down>. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna knock on some wood. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like trying to apply that to you and Aiden. I was like, no, that that template does not. Apply. But I guess Aiden lived in a van. Oh, a there you go. Yeah. See, and a um, little free spirited side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's what I'm thinking. Like, oh, does he find stability in me? He doesn't find somewhere else. But like now, things are I fine. We had a great. I don't. I feel like it's more of like um. Like, I don't think it's a reflection of, like, where guys are at, like, currently. I feel like, because you, like, develop, I think, your preferences and, like, the opposite sex and, like, kind of stick to them. And I feel like it's more of a how was your life in your adolescence kind of a thing. So, like, when you're starting to develop, like, this is me wildly speculating. Uh, So, like, when you're, whatever, going through puberty, what is your like home state and like your your examples of like your parents and how and I think that's what cultivates it and it's like I think you carry those references with you and even if you like grow and mature and are like stable later in life yeah and I honestly think either people are so comfortable with the instability that they keep going through the cycles of like really unstable tumultuous relationships or they go in the exact opposite direction and they like seek that comfort so I feel like it depends on the individual that's true yeah that's also so fascinating to me like who you end up getting attracted to because there's definitely those people who like grew up in very stable loving nurturing homes who are like no I just want to stay within like this 10 mile radius of where I grew up and also marry someone who's just like me like also stable well educated all that but then there's people who like completely go the opposite direction. Like, why is that? I don't know. I don't know why I like completely. But changed. I also think stability is like so relative. Like it, and also like you don't really know what like someone's home life is. I don't know. It's really hard. I also think like I'm thinking of all the couples I know. And I feel like in every scenario, there's someone with like 
like home issues and then the other person has no home issues but i'm just going through i'm just going through everyone i know right now in my head <laughs> like i feel like that is weirdly consistent among a lot of the couples in what about Shreya? Yeah, well, I am grouping my home issues with my sister's home issues. Mm. I'm a Marie, very stable family. Wow. Wow. So we I landed know. on something. I feel like we did. This should be a chapter in a psych book. I bet it is. I feel like we're just, yeah. I just be <laughs> reciting something. Yep. Oh, there was two last points that I wanted to mention that can maybe like just run through briefly. One of them was that we were talking about last time why we feel like pretty privilege is like so taboo or like uncomfortable to talk about. And then I mentioned that we don't hear it being discussed because all of the platforms you would use to discuss anything about this run off of pretty privilege. Like all those like social media stuff, maybe not so much Twitter, but like they rely on like pretty privilege to like get posts up and views up and all that and like TikTok. So um, like talking about it might be kind of take some time. I'm sure there are people out there talking about it, but that was yeah. one point. Uh, and then the second thing we, well, we kind of touched upon our confusion, our biases with plastic surgery, but it just, it's kind of like conflicting because we put people that we deem as attractive on a pedestal and we market products to everyone else that in a way that like, oh, you can reach that pedestal as well. But then depending on your, the way you reach the pedestal, like plastic surgery or just like straightening your hair or something you can get shamed against attempting to climb that ladder so like I think the ways in which like it was so interesting to me when we were talking about like to what effort a woman puts in to look good will make you feel like oh well she's not that pretty because she's like trying so hard because it like depends on how she's going about it what I view more is like specific features more so than like anything done up about that stuff so like whether or not you have I don't know uh I really don't like talking about this stuff it's so uncomfortable let's say like let's um let's go back to the eyebrows like let's say you have your eyebrows done but then you can tell that like they're done but like they even without the makeup they would be fine this is so uncomfortable to talk about but I feel like I wouldn't yeah, I feel like I wouldn't look at it and be like, oh, well, she has her face done. Like, that's why she, like, she's not as pretty. I would be thinking like, oh, well, like the feature itself is there versus like if it was like a surgery, I might be like, okay. It almost- Unless you know it was a surgery. I mean, sometimes you know it's surgery, but like, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes you don't. So I guess, I'm, but then, yeah, I guess like, why would you advertise it if it takes away from your- right like that's the ethical thing to do i don't fucking know man but like some things are okay to do and other things are like definitely not okay like it's totally fine to like face tune your face or wear a bunch of makeup or like do your hair a certain way but as soon as you're changing something permanently then that's when like people are like oh no 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 which is weird which is so weird because like yeah 
you would think people would want to do that more but I feel but like I also I feel like it's all kind of hand in hand like also what Shivani was saying about capitalism it's like it's society putting pressure that this is what you're supposed to look like and then literally like people will show a snapchat filter to their surgeon and be like I want to look like this all the time yeah and it's like I, I think it all goes hand in hand and we are separating it way too much we are like the whole because like realistically you put a filter on your face it is the equivalent like it you're more people are probably seeing you with your filtered face than they are right in real life yeah and it's like why are we not putting as much of an emphasis on that yeah but I feel like we're going the opposite direction where we're, we're just like normalizing plastic surgery yeah which like I mean I feel like this is like the, like maybe this is why I am a controversial person to talk to but like like this that's like the pc thing now is to like admit you got plastic surgery but like totally fine to get plastic surgery but i just feel like we're going in the wrong direction like i think we got to stop glorifying perfection in general yeah and and just acknowledge that like a photo edited version of someone isn't who we all need to aspire to be yeah and it's like stop using it like we don't need it stop it it can be dangerous too like it is like a surgery you're altering your body permanently it's not like getting tattooed or not a tattoo that's about a human no but that's putting on makeup yeah yeah i don't know man i i just i'm fucking tired (laughs) tired of all this bullshit and like, it's just really why I don't want to, I mean, also men, I'm like, men totally feel probably similar pressures, but I'm just, women, so yeah. hard, so hard to be a woman. Like, um, one of my friends who I taught with in Mexico, I feel like we usually agree on everything. So I was kind of surprised when she was like, oh, but hear me out. Like, maybe we should get Botox as a preventative measure not like we me and her I know so many people who say that (laughs) it's like to prevent what just the natural process of aging it's like why are we so afraid of wrinkles I don't understand we're all fucking terrified of getting wrinkles and it's like why it's fine afraid of death yes yes the denial of death we're all afraid of our own mortality everything we do is propagated by that one fact this is that that's a book that everyone should read denial of death by ernest becker highly recommend plastic surgery also just encompasses it's like this giant word that can mean a lot like some people say oh getting bigger boobs like that's definitely plastic surgery because you have to like go under the knife and like anesthesia but then if you like get your lips done like oh that's not really like plastic surgery because that's just like an injection and then it's like, oh, I guess so. But then where do you draw the line? And I don't know. And then yeah. like fillers aren't really because it's well, like. Well, I a- think it is like if you you have like an incision made or something. Then that's like specifically. Surgery. Yeah. So I yeah. guess like injection specifically. It's not surgery. But, but anyways, it's all fuck shit. We're all screwed. We should give up. Moral of the story. Signing off. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Why do so many of our podcast episodes end up like that? Just like <laughs> we've gotten nowhere. We're just angrier now than when we. <laughs> but we're angry together.
Yes. Well, we'll let y'all get to dinner. Oh yeah. So Enjoy your afternoon. Yeah, Thank I'm you. so jealous. You have so many more hours left of the day. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I love you guys. Yeah, I love I love you guys. Talk Keep us posted, Mona. Yeah. What? Keep us posted with your travel plans and if we yeah. go to Vancouver. Yeah. If any of you want to come to Vancouver, come visit or Victoria. That sounds dope. Although I feel like I would rather do Croatia, so I'm gonna I'm looking for that. You probably uh, also want to do like a working remotely traveling thing again. In oh, so I now have to go back into the office twice a week. Ah, uh, got it. Uh, okay. I know it sucks. So that that life is over, unfortunately. Damn. But, until uh, takes over again. Until what? Until oh yeah, true. So. We now have to wear masks again in the office, so might honestly might be remote again pretty soon. But um, yeah, it's getting pretty bad again. Yeah, fucking hell. Get vaccinated, people. Anyone yes. listening? If you're not vaccinated, please. We'll give yeah. you a shout out in our next episode if yeah. you if you're vaccinated. Yeah, messages <laughs> saying you're vaccinated. And yeah, leave us we'll. a review. If you leave us a review, we'll also give you a shout out. Yeah. Notice people do that in podcasts. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to give us some money too, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah. We'll shout you out. Yeah. Shout your whole family out. Cousins, brothers, sisters. Extended, local, all of them. Yes. yes. All right. Okay. I'll see you guys. Bye. Bye. Love you. Love you.